losing everybody cause they're back again Don't take no mess out the rose garden Jesus, they're on fire They're what we desire The men in black can handle it Other teams can scrabble it How they win that game today There's just one thing you can say How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy It's the flying dog that's in your lap Welcome back to the Rose Garden Report podcast. I am Sean Hyken, the author of the Rose Garden Report newsletter, which you can subscribe to at rosegardenreport.com. Free and paid subscriptions are available. We have another draft-heavy episode for you today. Uh, One of my oldest uh, friends in the business, uh, his name is Brian Schroeder. You might not know much about him, but he is, you know, a buddy of mine who has as deep into the weeds on, you know, draft scouting and draft prospects as anybody that I've ever, you know, come across in the media space. He does a lot of his draft coverage on a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Brian J NBA, which I highly recommend subscribing to for, you know, a lot of really, really in-depth, detailed, uh, and really broad uh, scouting on, you know, different draft guys. A lot of the stuff, one of the reasons I wanted to bring him on, we do talk some about the top of the draft and Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson and the, and Amen and Asar Thompson and, that kind of stuff, but he's somebody that goes as deep as anybody that I know on the guys kind of outside the lottery. So a lot of what we talk about here is who he likes around the 23rd range, which is the other first round pick that Portland has besides the number three pick. And we even get into the second round and just kind of kind of some under the radar guys that he likes there and, you know, his scouting process and the types of stuff he looks for and who he thinks could be a good fit for the Blazers if they keep either of those picks. So it's not a lot of overlap with the episode that I did with Ricky last week where we talked mostly about, you know, the lottery guys and the guys that could be in play at three. So I think this is one that you guys are going to get a lot out of. I certainly learned a lot from it. We also do get into Scoot Henderson and whether he can play with Damian Lillard, if that's the way that they go, and some stuff about Amen Thompson, who he has kind of in the same range too. A couple of other just blazer things I want to hit at the top. Uh... There, you know, as far as like big news in, you know, at, around the franchise, there was a story over the weekend from the Wall Street Journal about the Phil Knight, Jody Allen situation and Phil still trying to buy the team and Jody seemingly not being interested in selling to him. There wasn't really a lot new in that story, but I, I am writing about it. I think that's going to run tomorrow. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so that's going to run on Thursday on the website. So. I have some thoughts on that. I'll save it for that, but you know that look for that coming up. And then the interview that Damian Lillard did with the boxing show on Showtime that's been making the rounds. And you know, as happens with these things, there you know that the aggregator accounts like the NBA Central and all that are like willfully misinterpreting a lot of this stuff from it. He has not he does he did not say anything in that interview that he has not said a million times since exit interviews which is that he wants to stay in portland he wants them to build a team that can compete he thinks they have the pieces to do it and you know we'll see if they can and if they can't then maybe they start talking about something else but the the stuff that's getting kind of you know thrown out out there like I, I I'll be honest I, I I'm not familiar with the host of that uh program but I watched the interview and it, it seemed to me like the host was like going out of his way to try to 
lead Dame into saying that he wants to leave Portland. That's just kind of what I took from watching that interview. And then, of course, you know, we got Stephen A. Smith this morning talking about it again. And it's, it's like, it's a whole thing. But they're really, I watched the whole interview. There really isn't anything new in it one way or the other. So it's just one of those things that just kind of keeps, you know, coming up. And I don't think there's really anything that's changed at all one way or the other about the situation. So that's just kind of my thoughts on that. I do find it interesting that last night, Mark Spears from ESPN Anscape reported that the Blazers have hired Pooh Jetter, the, you know, long time, you know, he was with the Blazers in training camp at one point, you know, 10, 12 years ago, he played for university of Portland, but he was on the G League Ignite with Scoot Henderson last year, and he was actually in attendance at Scoot's workout over the weekend here in Portland. They, Blazers, according to Mark Spears, are hiring him as a player development coach for their new G League team that's starting up in the fall. Maybe they're just hiring him to hire him. Maybe it's a sign that they're leaning towards drafting Scoot Henderson with a third pick if Charlotte takes Brandon Miller at two. I don't know. We will know in about two weeks where things are going there, but I just thought that was interesting and worth noting. But, you know, we have a couple weeks to kind of deal with all that speculation and, you know, all the rumors and stuff that are going to be out there. So for now, let's just get to this conversation with Brian Schroeder about uh, draft guys. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, the twins, and some of the guys that are going to be, you know, in, you know, maybe in play at number three. I talked a lot about that stuff with Ricky last week, but one of the reasons I want to bring you on is you go deeper than anybody that I know in terms of guys that are outside of the, you know, top, you know, 20 or whatever that guys know about. And I, you know, I want to get into, you know, some guys that you like at 23 or, you know, in, into the second round, the Blazers have the 43rd overall pick, uh, And, you know, obviously after, like, the lottery, there's a lot of variance where, you know, you might have somebody projected somewhere, but teams are kind of all over the board, and especially, you know, someone like Mike Schmitz, who's in the Blazers' front office now, might have, uh, you know, different guys that he likes. Uh, I was very happy. I pulled, when I, when I, uh, when I was getting ready for this, I pulled up the latest mock draft that you have on your Patreon, which everybody should check out, by the way. From like a week and a half ago, yeah. Sure, but it's it's up to date. Yeah. It was the it was the most up to date thing you had, so I pulled it up. Mm-hmm. I was very happy to see, and this is just you know just to, to give you an idea of how little like I actually know about you know these draft prospects, based entirely off of liking his vibe in the interview that he did with us after his draft workout here in Portland a couple weeks ago. You have Portland taking Andre Jackson from UConn at 23 he's been my guy since they brought him in for a workout just because i like talking to him so but yeah, I, I mean he's awesome he's an so awesome I'm, guy so tell me about him as a player well it's sort of a weird because i'm i mean you know this i'm like i love weird kind of fringy guys i love guys who have like like the, the archetype i always use for this although he was more of a, more than a fringy guy but the guy i like to use is like carl landry mm-hmm. who had like two or three skills that's it he had three things he was good at he could set screens he could shoot 17 footers and he could rebound but he was like elite at all three of those yeah and so he played in the league for like 10 years sean livingston kind of became one of those guys who just like wasn't really multifaceted he was just good at a few things uh you think a guy like like kcp for the nuggets now it's just like only has like three skills but they're all skills that are useful so he plays 
And I love guys like that. And, and Ajax, Andre Jackson, is maybe the ultimate guy like that because I think Ricky said, and I agree, he's like legitimately bad at offense. He can't score, <laughs> but he is and like a, an elite, like Gerald Green level athlete, like crazy vertical, and just plays. I, I always used to say that Roy Hibbert hated offense. Yeah. Both his offense and other people's offense. Andre does not <laughs> want anyone to score. The only time he thinks it's acceptable to score is if he throws a cool pass to somebody. But he just does. I don't know. He's a glue guy. He just makes things work in, all, in any lineup he's in, even if he can't shoot. And there's just a lot of value in a guy like that. Like I have him in the 30s. Like I don't know if I'd take him at 23 in a vacuum. Like if, if I was a team that only had the 23rd pick, I might take a guy who could be like more of a scorer. But if I'm a team with two first-round picks and – a team that very obviously needs athleticism and wing defense and just guys to run around and do stuff. I'm taking Andre like he's because the, I mean, Intel is an important thing. Like people don't, and I'm not, I'm not super plugged in, but like some guys just don't have good vibes. And some guys have tremendous vibes. And like, if you're taking a guy in the twenties, odds are he's not going to be a star. Maybe right. he's a starter. So you kind of want to maximize, like, Kenrich Williams is a guy, he doesn't play that much like Andre Jackson, but just like a cool, like a guy that is well-liked and competent. And, like, you, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with taking that guy. And positive for, like, a role player is that Andre will do, once or twice a game, he will do Dennis Rodman level, like, crazy leaping, jumping out of bounds, throwing himself on the ground and stuff. Like, he will be a fan favorite, no matter what team he's on, for sure. Well, one thing I can tell you is, you know, you know, here in Portland, people love, you know, any anytime there's a young player, especially a guy who wasn't a first round pick, like mm-hmm. Blazer fans love Trenton Watford. They love Jabari Walker, even though those guys don't play very much. They love he's he got waived now, but they they loved Greg Brown just because he's like a good guy with good vibes who does cool dunks. So the way I'm kind of looking at it with Portland, so they have the third pick and. You know, if 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 Charlotte's really taking Brandon Miller, it really does seem like, if, at least from what I've heard right now, they're gonna take Scoot Henderson and figure out the fit with Dame later. But and so I feel like that's kind of a similar thing to, you know, last year. You know, they talked about trying to trade the pick. They ended up not trading the pick. They took Shaden Sharp, who was like the highest upside guy on the board, but was kind of an unknown about like what he was actually going to look like. And then with their later pick, they had one other pick last year in the draft, which was the, I think it was 57, 58. And they took Jabari Walker. It was last pick. Something like that, who was more of a plug and play. Like, so I think kind of they're going to try to do the same thing if they do keep the 23rd pick. And if they, especially, you know, if you draft Scoot at three, you're making the upside play and not worrying about fit. But I feel like at 23, you want to draft somebody that you can plug and play and is actually going to be able to maybe contribute. Mm-hmm. A guy you have at 24 and is somebody that I've had a lot of people say, you know, Portland could look at as kind of a similar thing is Chris Murray, the brother of mm-hmm. Keegan. What, like, tell me about him. He's basically the same player. Like, I guess the difference is that Keegan is a four, like straight up. He played the four all year at Sacramento. He, you know, he can play inside a little bit. Chris is more of one of those, like, a guy from, like, I don't know, like, a, well, not Jeremy Grant, but, like, remember Syracuse had a, a list of, like, just, like, Dante Green, Demetrius Nichols, the guys who were, like, 6'8", but weren't really power fours and just kind of stuck around. Uh, Anthony Randolph was, like, the ultimate version of that. Chris is more of that. I mean, he's a different player. Like, he shoots and, and makes good plays. But he's not really a four, and he's not really a three. And I think that's the reason he's – and, you know, he's a year older than Keegan was when he got drafted. But otherwise, statistically, they're, they're 
they're very similar. I just don't think you can give the ball to Chris and have him get a bucket like you can with Keegan, to the extent that you can with Keegan, which isn't that much. So right. he's more like a straight-up role player, but I have very little doubt that he'll be competent in the NBA. Like, he's just solid. Good athlete, 6'8", like 6'8", 215, decent length. Like, he just is competent, and that's an important – again, if you're picking in the 20s and you're trying to be a playoff team, you need 7th and 8th men who can not kill you. You need the Christian Browns of the world. Like the Nuggets got, or you need like a who else? I mean, like a Jay Sean Tate type, even though he wasn't drafted, but just like this guy's all right. He's like not gonna, literally half of Miami's rotation. Yeah, yeah. Javante <laughs> Green is my my guy like that for the Bulls. Yeah, uh, if he plays again. If he if he play, if he plays again, yeah. Uh, a it guy? No, it doesn't. A guy you have in uh, that you know a couple. I think Ricky mentioned him to me last week. You have him going to the Lakers at seventeen here, but uh, at, you know, given the Blazers' lack of size. Uh, as the roster stands right now, like their only true center on the roster is uh, Nurkic, but Derek Lively from Duke. Yeah, somebody... I don't. Are you? I don't are think you... he'd make it there. You don't, don't think, think he's going to get there? there? No, because okay. I mean, I have issues with him. You know, he's like he's not really an offensive player at all. He is just kind of a drop big who can maybe step up a little bit, but like the strength, he's a pretty strong dude. He's built pretty well. He just looks good. Like he looks like a like a center. In the same way that Mitch Robinson did, in the same way that Willie Cauley Stein did. That's the kind of guy he looks like to me. Uh, but like three years younger and not Willie Cauley Stein. So, you know, that's there's some intrigue there. So even if I personally wouldn't take him like lottery or like you know, 16, 17, I think teams are just gonna like him in the workout process. And more importantly, uh, it's not a center draft. Like Almost, I would say most of the centers behind him, save maybe that, that, that James Naji, who I'm not that familiar. I've only watched a couple times, or mm-hmm. like my guy Trace Jackson Davis, who's like six eight and a half. Mm-hmm. If you want like a big center, like an actual center prospect who can like protect the rim, and you don't, and you're not, you're not the Spurs. It's kind of it. Like Lively's kind of the only other option in like the first. So you just said I don't tra- think he's gonna make it. I don't think he's gonna make it to twenty three. You said Trace Jackson Davis is one of your guys, and that's something. Yeah, he's that... not really a center. No, I take that... him to twenty-three. No, but the Blazers brought him in for a workout, is why I'm bringing mm-hmm. him up. So tell me, so tell me about him. I know he's Dale Davis's son, but that's about it. Um, so it's funny, the player he plays most like, and I only came to this realization a few weeks ago. He kind of plays like Larry, like Larry Nance Jr. Like that's okay. I think the guy you'd be getting. Where, Blazer like, he's legend. Not really, yeah, he's not really a center, but he can protect the paint a little bit. Like he's a good athlete. Can, will finish all his dunks. Like all of his dunks, like at a monstrous rate, like Brandon Clark level in college, he did for four years. Um, and he can handle some, he can like initiate the top of the key, do some dribble handoffs, and just plays hard. The difference is, Trace, some guys can't shoot, and some guys don't shoot. I think, I don't think Trace has taken 23s in his entire college career, but he's a good free throw shooter. So, it, in theory, you could get him to shoot some. I just, he doesn't want to, which is not necessarily bad, but it kind of makes you a five. You know, like, you kind of have to play five in the league. You can't have a, a four-man out in the corner who won't shoot. Like, it's just – it doesn't work in the playoffs. It doesn't work in the regular season. And so I, I really feel like you got to have him play the five. And he's, like, six, eight and a half, two forty, 240 with, like, a 7-1 wingspan. So he's a little small. But I believe in him as just, like, a guy who will stick around, come off the bench, play some play, – play the Montrez Harrell role. But, like, you know, like, not catastrophically bad at defense. <laughs> I think he can do that. Like, he's a real finisher. I'd love to see him with, like, I mean, Scoot would be a fun fit, but I'd really, per- like, selfishly, I'd love to see him be, like, a bench big for the Hornets or the, or the Mavericks or one of these teams that have, like, a, like a full 
heliocentric like star creator guy like a luca or lamello or you know or dame even like devin devin booker yeah but i love trace and if i wouldn't if anyone takes him after like i wouldn't even take him top 20 personally because he's like 23 mm-hmm. and so he doesn't shoot but anywhere after that i'd be i'd love anyone who takes him i'm gonna be a fan because he's just good i don't know he's a quality basketball player he had multiple uh i mean he just he ripped zach Eady apart multiple times and zach Eady is a national player of the year and also like seven inches taller than him and you know he, he just one of those guys in college who would have a bunch of like 25 14 6 4 4 kind of games and it's just you got to dominate in college the thing i always say to bring up the blazers the one i always bring up is uh Sir, Sir CJ McCollum played at Lehigh. He also had like 35 dunks his last season. He dunked every game because he was just so much better than his competition. And like, it doesn't mean he dunked in the NBA. It just means that he dominated who he played. You got to dominate. If you're going to be a, a player in the NBA, I really feel like there's got to be some way in which you just just dominate the game. You got to get easy buckets. You got to get steals. You got to get blocks. You got to get dunks. Those are all the things that like dominate. Or you just got to be, you know, Steph. You got to be an elite shooter. Right. And Trace dominated for four years, five years, really, but the first one. Yeah. I'm just, I, I love him. I, obviously, I'm wearing an IU shirt. <laughs> I'm so I'm just going through here, like, because I'm, I'm, I'm just going through your mock and just, like, guys that are just jumping out that are, like, guys that I know that Portland has brought in for, yeah. you know, for, for workouts. You have a 20. I think I've mostly seen him in, like, the late 20s or the 30s. But City Cisco, is that how you pronounce that name? Sissoko or Cisco? Sissoko from the G League Ignite. I wish it. Another guy that I I hope the Blazers draft just because I like talking to him. Yeah. I know when you had Ricky on, he made the point. He he really made the pitch for him, which is, like, he's just a big dude. He's just a big – like, he's probably a three. Yeah. And, like, can handle a little – City is weird because he was a, he was like a top he was like a lottery level guy coming into the year because he was a pretty dominant youth player in France, and then like he played pretty badly for the first couple months of the year, and then he just slowly got more and more consistent as the G League season went on, uh-huh. to the point that he was their second best player when Scoot was out. He was their third best player when Scoot was in, and like he still ha- he's one of those guys who will still have whatever team he goes to this year he will probably play a little in the G League although. Physically, I don't know if he needs to, but he'll be a guy who will he'll be one of those guys who will some games he'll come in and he won't do anything. He'll play 10, 15 minutes and just be like 0 for 4 and do nothing. And then the next game, he'll just have like a bunch of hustle plays. He'll shoot six for seven, have a bunch of assists. So he, it's going to be a while before I think he's like a starting caliber player, but he has the frame and like the handle's not bad for like what he is. And I don't know. I like City more and more as, as the draft gets on because I just think he. There's a uh, there's a, a phrase I kind of used with Josh Giddy a couple years ago. It's just like the way to explain that he was good because he didn't look like he was you know he's kind of slow he's kind of goofy. Played in the NBL he played against grown men but like stuff just seems to happen mm-hmm. when he's around. Giddy just gets deflections he just is a, he finds the ball he just has like that nose for the ball those instincts and I think City has some of that where he just seems to always whenever there's something happening on the floor he always just gets in the middle of it. And, bowls people over goes around them he's just an interesting player when he's when he's hot he's really fun and when he's not he still plays hard he's just doesn't necessarily have the skill to back it up but i think 20s is, is a decent spot for him and i think he's a guy who could be pretty good in a couple of years like a, a real physical defensive wing 
who can score a little bit, handle a little bit. Yeah, Colby Jones from Xavier is another guy that they mm. brought in too. Is that, and you have him kind of going in the 30s. Is that another guy that could make sense, you think, to look at? I think uh, the, the, I mean, Colby's good. He's a good player. He's kind of a big guard more than he is like a wing. And I, the only real concern I have with him, it's not really fair to him, but the two guys statistically that he kind of flashes the most like to me are a guy who was like an old, like a senior who was super well rounded and ended up not actually having any NBA skills, Jacob Evans. In the Warriors, who just wasn't actually good at anything. And then the other guy he reminds me of, less so game-wise and more, he really wasn't a good shooter until his last year in college, and that's Chandler Hutchison. And that's a big red flag for me. Because uh, yeah. Chandler was like a high 20s three-point shooter, and then his last year became like a 38% three-point shooter, and it turned out he actually wasn't a good three-point shooter. And like, that's a risky outlier but, here. But... I, but Colby should still – he should still be a top. <clears throat> I mean, generally, the draft to me is always a 45-player draft. That's always how I like to look at it. This one might be like 55. It's a little deeper. And Colby Jones is one of those guys that I'm taking in that first – like, I'm taking him, expecting him to play. So I'm not – it's not like I'm not trying to t- say that this guy can't play in the NBA. I'm just a little worried about what, like – what is he – what is he dominant at? If he's not like a high 30s shooter, then he's just kind of a guy to me. But he's still six five, and the NBA will that you will get chances if you are between six five and six eight. Oh yeah, they need totally. it. Yeah, uh, Leonard Miller's another guy. Just I'm, I'm just bringing. Him, they haven't brought him in yet, but I'm just uh, somebody I'm bringing up just because he's on the G League Ignite, and mm-hmm. I, you know, he. Has I would guess that. Scoot. I would guess they didn't bring him in because he's not going to make it there because he's okay. doing really well in the workout circuit. I'm a, I'm a, I love Leonard Miller. I wish he'd come out last year. He was a. Uh, He's one of those guys. His older brother is in this draft too, Emmanuel, who played at TCU and is probably like a G League guy, like a decent enough, like 6'5, six, 6'6 six, six wing. Okay. The difference is that Leonard was like that kind of guy. He was one of those guys who was like 6'3, six, 6'4 six, in high school, and then suddenly he was 6'11, 6'10, 6'11, and has all that same like weird. He's got a little bit of that weird herky jerky Shea stuff where like, just like that shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to finish that. He has like crazy. He's a weird example of a guy who can't shoot but has incredible touch. Like, if you let him shoot three-pointers as floaters, he'd probably hit more of them because he just has that weird, like, Luka Lamelo style, like, just ability to throw the ball up and have it go in. But the thing about Leonard that I think really did help him with the G League year is he just got a lot stronger. Like, he's a pretty dominant rebounder for being, like, a 6'9". He's, he's like, a 4 now. I thought he was, like, a 2-3. And this is a weird comp. It's not a comp that's going to make people excited, but it's the guy I always think of when I see him. Jonathan Bender. <laughs> oh, wow. Because Jonathan Bender was becoming pretty good before he got hurt. Like, it took him a couple years to figure out what he was. And if Jonathan Bender was in the draft now, he'd be a four. He wouldn't be, like, a, a wing like the Pacers tried to make him. Like, the NBA tried to make him, you know, 15 years, 20 years ago. But, like... Just that kind of, like, this guy's really tall for what he is, like a slasher. Awesome rebounder. Plays hard defensively. I mean, he was the only guy, I'm not going to say he affected Wembenyama in the G League Mets games, but he's the only guy on that team who tried. He, like, tried to body him up and, like, tried to get in his face. And it didn't work. He got dunked on a couple times, but he didn't seem to care. He was still trying to to do something against this dominant, I mean, Wembenyama had 38 points in that one game. Right. didn't really matter. He's gonna be he's gonna be in that Embiid Jokic thing where like you can try to slow him down, he's still gonna have hmm. thirty five forty. Hmm. 
but I, I really like Leonard. He's just, just like seems like a nice kid. Just weird. Like I don't understand how his package of skills came together in one player because he's a lefty too, which I always appreciate. But he's just a uh, strange player. So he's one of those guys. Like he may not he may not be a better pro than Colby Jones, but I'm. It's just a guy I'm always more interested in because Colby Jones is the guy I've seen a dozen times before. I, I'm not really sure. Like I said, I had to go back to Jonathan Bender for a comp because it's like this is a weird six ten, six eleven, like two, three, four, can't shoot rebounds somehow. I, it's a weird, very strange package of skills. If that's a two somebody's two K player, they are at, they are uh, they're trying to break the game. That's the kind of player he is. Who else should I be looking at here? Who else, like at at, at twenty three? We'll get to we'll get to the second round in a little bit. But who, who else besides the guys we've talked about? Do you well? Think I'll cut out be- all the guard types like Nick Smith. I mean, Nick Smith's super talented, but you wouldn't take him. Sure. Jaquavion Smith is like, what if Ant Simons was smaller? Okay, <laughs> yeah, kind of, I think that's probably that's kind of not pitch. a need, not an area of need now. Like the this guy Brandon Podjemski from Santa Clara is pretty good, but he's like a he's like a Tyler Hero type at best, and he's like mm-hmm. six war so not him you know all the other guards like colby jones amari bailey marcus sasser too small uh a guy i would honestly really look at as like an upside as a uh, olivier maxence prosper omax for marquette because he he has he's a classic guy like i said with sissoko he'll have his one of eight games or like his one of six games mm-hmm. and then the next game he'll be like 10 of 14 for 35 points and the question with him is he's not He's not really a big, like he's six eight, six nine, but he's not a center in any way. He's not very forceful in the paint. He's not like a rim protector, and he's also not really like a three. He's a wing four. He's a, a Juan Hernan Gomez type. Where like he's out here to shoot, attack closeouts, and run a transition. But he's he has times where he looks like a legit NBA player at that stuff, and like he's a good athlete. He tested awesome. Uh, Twenty three might be like his floor at this point. Like teams, there are teams that really like him are really into him because he's a six eight guy who can dribble without falling over and will have stretches where he's like hitting I mean, he's super streaky but he'll have he'll have four or five game stretches where he's hitting like 45 46 percent three and killing everybody and then he'll have his stretches where he's shooting 30 percent but I think that's a guy you want to take in the 20s or 30s because it's like if he hits he's a better player than the bench guys who are going usually going at that spot and if he doesn't then he's just a guy I mean, maybe you look at, I don't want to keep, Jeremy is an easy comparison for people, but that's the kind of guy, that's kind of what Jeremy was like, as as like a really young player, it was just like, this guy's not consistent, but he's really athletic, he's tall, and he can move, like he's got really good fluidity, so if he ever like figures out how to actually dribble into shots and and create his own looks, he could be like a real scorer, and I feel like Omax is some version of that kind of player, if he hits, which again, no idea. No, I don't really know. That's again, that's kind of my theme. I don't. If I don't know for sure what this guy is in the NBA, I'm always just going to be more interested in him. It's a chance. It could be something. Well, the Blazers are going to have a G League team now too, so yeah, be able to give a guy I, some. Yeah, I, th- I think he could play a little bit though. Their their front court like three four depth is still not really like set in stone, and you right. know, Nasir will be ahead of him, but Nasir will get hurt. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, it seems like that's been the... I, I love the guy. Like, I was a big fan of his in high school, and I'm glad he's he's a solid NBA player. He is. Let's be honest here. He I mean, that. he hasn't been able to stay healthy his whole career. It's yeah. true. 
I mean, and, and the, the the thing that the thing about it, and I mean, obviously, I've talked about it a million times on here during the mm-hmm. season, but none of his injuries have been anything that's like he doesn't have like oh this knee is bad or this yeah, uh, yeah. he's just one of those like guys. it's just a lot of freak stuff like he had the hip thing this year he had the shoulder thing last year he had the core muscle thing like he just has you know it's a lot of different stuff that's unrelated to each other but yeah mm. that has been a thing in his in his uh career what about in the so in the second round they have the 43rd overall pick who who are you who are you looking at there as far as who you know who they well, should look at this, this is a spot like I kind of said that I think that what they do with the twenty third pick if they keep it would be try to get somebody who's a little bit more plug and play I feel like with the forty third pick that might be a two way guy or somebody that you you know signed to be on your G League team or, or 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 something like that so you maybe can take a little bit more of an upside swing there so who do you like in terms of that Well the first guy I would look at and I. I, again, I, I have him in the 20s. I've had him in the 20s all year, despite having some really bad performances. Um, I don't think he'll make it there because I'll explain this guy. I think you can see why teams would probably take him earlier. But if Jordan Walsh from Arkansas makes it there, I'm taking him instantly. Because he's, okay. he's Peyton. He's this year's Peyton Watson to me. I think I like Peyton a little more. And I'm a huge Peyton Watson fan. Uh, I was just like, I, this guy can't this guy can't fall into the late second because he's 6'7 with like a 7'3 wingspan absolute monster defender like legitimately great college wing defender he just doesn't know how to like score for himself or like shoot yet but nba teams can do that that's the thing you always hear from nba teams is like as long as it's not you're not trying to teach a guy to be like an all ball creator come around screens and shoot how many players like can't shoot spot ups in the nba there's a few centers and like ben simmons right and like Look at like a Torian Prince or a Jay Crowder. Those guys couldn't shoot. Now they can. It's not hard. Like the NBA teams, it's, especially if it's a guy who takes it seriously and works, and that's what I've heard about Jordan Walsh, there's almost no chance that he won't become at least like a 33% shooter. Like a guy who can hit some. Right. And like... Basically yeah, it, what Matisse Thibel was when he got traded to Portland. Yeah. Like yeah. he's oh, not going to ever be a knockdown and, shooter, but can just, you know, hit him at a respectable level when he's open. Walsh is bigger, stronger, honestly, like just an awesome, really like super high level defensive upside for me. Like he's just huge hands, just gets a lot of deflections. Really, uh, like I said, like if you don't think he can shoot at all, then I guess you don't draft him. But like, it's just, it's going to be his job now. That's a, that's a, it's a big it's a big difference, right? Even from college, uh, even from like OTE or the or G, G League Ignite, which have good programs and work hard. Like I've seen the Thompsons working out with Mike with Mike Miller, and like it's like good stuff. It's good workouts. But even then, you just you have more time. You have better resources. You have better trainers. You have better physio people. It's it's just hard for me to imagine that a guy like that, if he becomes even a, a below average three point shooter, he's gonna play in the league for twelve years because the defense is real. And the athleticism is is great, so I love big Jordan Walsh fan. I don't know if he makes it there. Maybe some other guys like I had them taking Muhammad Gee, Mogi from Washington yeah. State. I think um, they worked him out. Did they? Did he come out last year and then go back in? I think so. Yeah, because I th- believe they they had. I don't think they brought him in this year. I think I pre- the name looks familiar. I'm pretty sure they brought him in last year. He's kind of the same player, like. Um, this is, I don't know if you know this guy, but this is a guy that he, it's the kind of the JT Thor archetype for me. And I was a big JT Thor fan. Okay. You know, he hasn't okay. done anything where it's like a, just a, a legit center size guy. You can move around. Like Christian Wood is kind of the, the, the ur of that kind of guy. Like, right. 
a guy who can can play center a little, but has like movement and fluidity. Rashawn Holmes, maybe a little bit like that kind of player. And like I, I like I like Mookie. I don't know if he's a guy the Blazers would really need, but he if he's there, look at him. Uh, this guy Ben Shepard from Belmont is maybe more. He's maybe more of a two-way plug-and-play guy though. He's just like a shooter. He's like six-five. Looking more at some guys who Julian Phillips you could take. I mean, he kind of gives me Greg Brown vibes. He's one of those big like five star. There's always one or two of those. Good at dunking, not really so much anything yeah. else. Yeah, but they're like a, a dominant physical force in high school. Like uh-huh. they just run everybody over, but they don't really dribble, <laughs> do anything. But also Tennessee was kind of a restrictive system, and like Phillips is good size, and the defense is, is all right. So forties, I'm not gonna. I'm not really going to criticize. My guy Alex Fudge could go there. It's maybe a little early for me because he's real thin. But he's another one of those guys I love. I know, I'm a big fan of guys in college who have like six steal percentage, five block percentage, just like run around and do stuff. Josh Minot was that guy last year, and I think he'll end up playing minutes for the Wolves. Now, I, know the bl- I know the Blazers really liked Minot last year. They, yeah. had, a, they had another second-round <laughs> pick that they ended up selling or, or trading I forget mm. what the actual trade was, but they like like last year they had a pick in the forties, and I think they ended up they were going to take him if he was there, and then once he was off the board, I think they got rid of that pick. Yeah, so that's the that co- that's the type of guy. I mean, you see, there is a trend. Like these are like like the types of guys that you're talking about, and the types of mm. guys that they've brought in that I've brought up. Like they have a type, whether it's Joe or whether it's Mike Schmitz or whoever, but like they have a type of, of guy that they're looking at. It's it's an offshoot of the the. the... Thunder moved on from this a little bit, which is good because they have their. It's a it's a bad archetype to look for if you if you don't have talent. Like the Hornets should not be looking for Alex Fudge, Josh Minot, okay. uh, Jordan Walsh types because they they don't they need stars. They need other players. But if you if you are confident you have your stars or you might get your stars by say tra- drafting at three or trading, um, that's it's a, it's the kind of guys the Thunder used to look at of just like let's teach this guy to play basketball. I don't know Darius Baisley kind of that like. And they don't work out all the time, but it's not a bad if you if you think you have your your star players, it's not a bad kind of guy to just throw in there and see what happens. With it. And I I just like Alex Fudge. He's got a cool name. Just yeah. super athletic. Just like really good defensive instincts. I, I'm a big fan of his. So I 43 would be crazy for me. Uh, I'll tell you who they shouldn't take. Okay. Imani hey, Bates. Don't take him. Not that. uh, that's that's one of those I don't know a ton about him, but that's one of those you know was seen as like the you know number one prospect mm-hmm. and then just like has not worked out. Is that he's honestly the most extreme version of it, but it's kind of the reason I stopped paying as much attention to like freshman sophomore high school players because how many times now Wiggins was that R.J. Barrett was that Randall was that and Imani Bates was that where it was in there like fifteen they're the best fifteen year old basketball player on the planet and when they're eighteen or nineteen they're exactly as good as they were when they were 15 they have not gotten any better and then they just sort of get to the league and they're they're i mean wiggins is good rj barrett's all right randall's good but these guys are not superstar players and imani is like a extreme version he might even be like a cliff alexander level version of that but uh i don't know he may not have the alpha stuff but imani does have he, he wherever he goes like he can score he can shoot like he has talent but he's really thin He's not super athletic, and he's it's almost like an extreme version of Michael Porter Jr. where like the only way he provides value if he's shooting 25, 30 times a game is like what NBA team is gonna do that? It's like Cam it's the reason Cam Thomas doesn't play that much for the Nets, because it's like this guy can score. 
Karis LeVert is another example. Guy who can score, but if he's your number one scorer, you are a bad team. Right. You're, you're winning like 11 games. So it's right. just, I don't know. Imani will get a shot somewhere. I don't think I'd draft him. I think I'd just bring him in, see if he, give him a summer league shot maybe, see if he has a couple 40-point games. But Kevin Knox is kind of a version of that. Kevin Knox has tra- kind of transformed himself into being more of a role player. He's still not very good. Blazer legend also from this year. Yeah, yeah and I think and I think Knox. I don't know if they're going to bring him back just because I don't think they have enough roster spots. But I mean, yeah, I know, I know that I know they like him, and like from what I heard, like they like Chauncey liked him and he works hard and stuff. But it's just I think I, he, I think he he kind of figured out that like oh I, I'm not I'm not going to be like I'm not kept Durant. Right. Be like, <laughs> you got to figure that be, out at some point. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Imani is the most next Kevin Durant guy. He will be, no, it's not right. <laughs> let's go to the top now because like okay is charlotte really gonna like I, I i never know how much of this stuff is posturing and how much of this stuff is trying to throw teams off you know of what you're doing is charlotte mm-hmm. really gonna go brandon miller at two over scoot it sounds like it now bear in mind it sounded last year like it was gonna be jabari smith until like 90 minutes before the draft right. but but i don't know the difference is I know Michael Jordan. We know how yeah. he drafts. He loves power conference guys. He loves superstar. Like he loves like wings and he loves guys who are like really famous. And like Brandon Miller is the most famous college basketball player in this draft. He may not be the best college basketball player in this draft, but he is the most famous. And I, I can understand. I don't believe in drafting for need, but I can understand the idea that they still want LaMelo to be their, their number one guard. Uh-huh. And they don't have any wings like at all. Like Ubre is kind of a wing, and he's fine. You're not not you're not worrying about a Kelly Ubre when you have the number two pick. Gordon Hayward is still competent, but he's just can never stay healthy. He's toast. Like he's done. Yeah. And I feel like they think they have their center. I think they have Mark Williams, and I think Mark Williams can be a decent starting center. You just got to get more guys around him. I would honestly trade that pick. If you're not going to take Scoot, trade it, and try and get like the Magic's picks. Just try and get a couple because. Again, they just need talent. Like they, they, have, they have, maybe they bring Miles Bridges back. Unfortunately, and maybe that helps. But I don't know, man. They just don't have. They have the lowest talent floor in the league. I think pretty easily. Because even the Wizards still have like Kuzma's there, Beal's there, Porzingis. Monte Morris is fine. Yeah, Porzingis, Dan Gafford. Like they have six or seven like legit NBA players. They're just not. The roster doesn't make any sense. Whereas like the Charlotte has like, I mean, they have a lot of guys I kind of like in concept, like JT Thor. Kai Jones, even like a guy like James Booknight, but none of those guys have done much of anything in the league. They have PJ, who needs to be rescued from there. <laughs> Get him out of there. <laughs> Let PJ be like the fifth starter for the Suns or something, please. Anything else? So, are you somebody who? Because I, when I had Ricky on last week, he said, you know, it, the way he has it, he has obviously Wemby is in his own tiers, and then Scoot mm-hmm. is in his own tier below that, and then he kind of goes from there. Do you have Miller? I'm assuming you have Wemby and Scoot as the top two, but do you have Miller third, yeah. or do you have somebody else ahead of him? No, I in fact I disagree with Ricky. Not only do I not have Miller third, I have I think seventh. Oh wow, eighth. okay. He's in my so I, I have it. I didn't want to. And is this based on the basketball years. stuff, or is this based on no, pretty much entirely? Yeah. Okay. Because like as Ricky said, and I agree, he doesn't get a lot of easy buckets in the paint. He doesn't get to the. He got better at it to his credit, and to Nate Oates' credit, the coach who got him involved in more interesting stuff but he has some of the cam reddish problem where like he just doesn't have like burst like real explosiveness going up to the rim 
and he's not like big and strong enough to just bowl through people like RJ Barrett kind of did, kind of does. And like I don't really know where the easy buckets are coming from for this guy if he's going to be like your number one scorer. And there's always a guy like that, like every year. I, I was not an R.J. Barrett guy at the top. I was not a DeAndre Hunt, DeAndre Hunter guy. I was a Jarrett Culver guy, which was my mistake. Um, I mean, Bagley was almost too easy. But even Aiden, I was like, eh, I'm not taking. I had Jaron over Aiden. I had Trey over Aiden. I had Shea over Aiden. I had Luke over Aiden. Obviously, that, right. that doesn't. I don't get credit for that. Uh, there's just some guys. It's just like I don't see. I really feel like you have to be. You really have to order it like. These are the guys who could be a number one star player. And it, in this draft, to me, there are three and maybe Whitmore if you really, really, really believe in him. And I believe in him, but I don't I don't really believe in him like that. So I have it. Wemby is one tier. And then I have Scoot and Amen Thompson as a tier. Okay. And then it's and then it's like Garris Walker, Taylor Hendricks, Brandon Miller, Asar, Asar Thompson, Bryce Sensible, all those guys. Like another group of like this. These guys could be like mid-20s usage, like all-star level guys. So it's Miller's just not he's not a guy to me that I'm drafting, even like a like Ricky compared to Brandon Ingram. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't think he's that kind of like like Brandon Ingram has like the slashing ability. He has like the pull up like mid range stuff. And to Brandon Miller's credit, Alabama did not let him do that. Like they were a threes and layups team. Mado is pretty close to an NBA coach X's and O's wise. Like they run a lot of good stuff. And maybe he just wasn't told to do that, but he just doesn't seem like a guy who has that in his bag to me. Like he's not super fast, he's not super powerful. He's got good touch. Like he's a good, he's a very good shooter. Like I, Jabari Smith is kind of more the, the comp, like stylistically. Like I think this guy is going to really be great if you have him next to like a Jaw, or even like, even like a Luca. Like you need a, a Trey Young. If he's like your number three guy on a good team, I think you can. He can be really good. Like I think he'll start. I think he will be a starter because he's big. Defense is okay. He can pass a little bit. He plays hard. And, like, he'll have his games where he has 35, 40. It's almost like maybe like Chris Middleton. Okay. Although Chris Middleton is the inverse of that. Chris Middleton is a contested shot, like, mid-range guy. But, like, you you can't build an offense around Chris Middleton. But if he's just, like, your other star, that's something. But I'm just not taking that guy over. Maybe some drafts I take him two or three. I mean, last year maybe you could argue him for three. Especially if you weren't a believer in Chet, but not this year, man. I, I can't, I can't in good conscience put him over Scoot or Emma Thompson. They're just two like super outlier guys to me. So let's talk about the Twins then, because the Blazers have brought both of them in for workouts. They haven't brought Miller in yet, but the, the, but I, I think they will at some point between now and mm. the draft. So you know, we'll talk about that when we talk about that. But uh, they have brought Scoot in. They have brought the Twins in. Those are the only lottery guys that they brought in. Yeah. You, you, you're pretty high on them, man. You told me. And I'm actually kind of like, we're doing the reveal now, because you told me when we were talking about you coming on or what we wanted to talk about, that you had some comps for Amen. And I want to hear... One it. of them... Okay, one of them is on my Patreon, and it's kind of it's kind of a joke comp. For a while, I just comped him to Amen Thompson. It's the only thing I think okay. of, But <laughs> the guy, he kind of... And I, I'm taking out the shooting, because the shooting... The, uh, he's like, he's, he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. So ignoring the shooting aspect of this comparison... But it's just like the way he moves, the way he sees the floor, the way he gets to loose balls, and just like the insta- instincts he has and the passing ability. He's like to me if Tyrese Halliburton was also Gerald Green. Like if you could, if you make Tyrese Halliburton like the best athlete alive, but took away his shooting, what is that? What what kind of player is that? 
and like i don't know that's sort of why i'm so intrigued by it but the other one i was really thinking of and uh, I, i've been thinking this for a while so i'm not giving ricky credit for honestly i think if he really becomes like his best self i think he's scotty pippen okay because like i think he can really be now i don't the size is a little smaller he's like six six out of shoes and he's probably not going to be like 225 like scotty was but i really think they both have that just ability to read and react and dominate people defensively like they heat people up they were torturing and this isn't just overtime they played in in the basketball tournament tbt this year this mm-hmm. last year they lost their first game at the end to uh was it a buff yeah it was a team of like guys who played at, at buffalo college the thing is though these guys are all like 27 28 you know up to 30 35 years old and the thompsons were like pushing them around like destroying them physically and like they both i think they both had like 14 5 5 like they didn't have huge games but they were just so much better like so much more athletic than grown adults that it was just like almost comical and i really feel like they both are just it's a thing that we do in the draft sometimes and this is this is going to be kind of a this is why i i had jade Ivy number one last year and i still believe in that although i think i probably i Paolo is, yeah. is was the best had the best season, but it's it's just Ivy can do things physically that even NBA players cannot do, and it's why I'm I'm always taking that guy over the Keegan Murrays over the guys who we get obsessed with this in the draft where like if you plot out like a chart of like what's this guy good at and you have like shooting three out of five defense three out of five passing three out of five and you make it like well rounded circle that's a good player that's not a star those players are never stars. The stars are the guys like Shea, who have weird skills, or the Steph Currys, the guys who have outlier ability. James Harden, Embiid, Jokic, Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant, he's, you know, he was obviously a star. Right. But, like, even the guys who develop into stars, or even, like, the Anthony Davis types, or, like, the guys who become, like, I mean, Trey Young. Trey Young is crazy outlier stuff. Even, like, a Jaron. Like, Jaron can't really dribble. Jaren's not even that good of a rebounder for a center, like a power forward, but he just has like elite ability other places. Those are the guys who become stars. And Amen Thompson, you'll sometimes see like people do strengths and weaknesses, and they'll be like strengths, passing, defense, athleticism, weaknesses, and they'll have this huge list of weaknesses. And it's like you just ignored that this guy's like, it's not just that he's like really athletic. He is. I've heard this from two people, the two people whose opinions I trust the most, Mike Gribanov and PD Webb that we all agree he's the best athlete we've ever seen play basketball. Not counting, like, from, like, 2010 on. Like, it's not even, like, he's a really good athlete. He's, it's not just leaping. I think Ricky talked about this. He moves like he has hoverboards on his feet. Like, he just has this ability to cover ground and turn and twist. That's crazy. Like, I've never seen, I don't understand how he's not, like, the foot, like a wide receiver. Like, he's not, like, Jamar Chase or something. And then, like, the defense, I won't say the defense is that level outlier, but, like, Anytime they put him on, put him or his brother on, like, they would play, like, Mikey Williams or, like, uh, or Rob Dillingham. Like, all these, like, superstar, famous, super famous IG point guard, high school point guards. They'd put those guys on there, and it'd be like Jordan and Pippen defending Tony Kukoc in, in the Olympics. We're like, we're going to kill this guy. Like, you're not scoring. Mikey Williams was, like, 2 of 18 against them. Like, they killed him. And then, like, and then the passing is... Another weird football analogy. He has the Patrick Mahomes thing where it just looks... He throws the ball so fast. He has some of the craziest, like, vision... It's one of those things. Like, it's the Jokic. Halliburton has it. LeBron has it. Luka has it. 
where I think if you sat him down and asked him, like, what did you see on this play? Like, what did you read the defense? He just, he wouldn't know how to explain it, but he just didn't do it. Full court passes, like bomb passes. It's just crazy. And like, the issue with him, and I think the issue, it'd be, I mean, I don't think the Blazers will take him, but it would be mitigated, the issue with him, is that like, he kind of has to have the ball. <laughs> That's kind of why I hoped, I was hoping the Spurs, if they didn't get Wemby, would, would end up getting him because they could just build a team around him. And I think that is the question with him. Sure, I had that question with Sharif Cooper, too. And it turned out that there are no NBA teams could give him the ball because he's just so small. Right. And an average shooter and they can't play defense. Difference is, I meant Thompson's six seven, So, like, you don't have to worry about this guy being too small. And, like, Asar is the same player as him, just sort of, if you took those outliers and pushed him in a little bit, pulled out the other stuff so he's a little more competent. And he's like uh, Jason Richardson. Is kind of who I think he kind of plays like. Like, I think he'll be good. Jason Richardson was a, was a good player. Terry Stackhouse, good player. Um, Asar is more like that kind of next Jordan guy that you always heard about in like 2002, 2003. Right. You know, Isaiah Ryder, those guys. Uh, where a man is just like, I don't understand. Again, like Leonard Miller, how did this happen? Like, well, how did this guy get these specific skills? He's my favorite prospect to watch since I've been doing this, save maybe Shea. And Shea is my favorite basketball player, so, you know. You were on Shea before anybody else that I knew. That, that, that you knew, yeah. That I knew. Yeah, you're, you're obviously deeper yeah. into this than I am. But you were the first person, like, around that draft. Like, that that was the, that was the Luka, Aiton. Like, that was that draft. You were the first person when the Clippers drafted him. You were the first person I heard say, like, oh, the Clippers got, like, one of the, like, maybe the best player. Like, obviously outside of Luka, but, like. You you had him like because you could argue is, he's the second best player from that draft. I you you could easily make that argument. He's first team All NBA. Like what like it's it's yeah. <laughs> who who just before we get I want to get into some scoot stuff quickly because now you know mm-hmm. it's looking as it, as it gets close to the draft it's looking more and more like that's the way Portland ends up going with the third pick. But I'm interested in your you know your process. You've been doing this a long time. I've known you for probably 10, 15 years now. You've been you know one of the guys that like is on all of, all all of these guys. <laughs> Who is the biggest prospect that you've missed on in both directions in your time doing this? Who Ooh. is somebody that you who is somebody that you thought was going to be a superstar and then ended up not doing anything? And who is somebody that you did were not a fan of and didn't believe in at all and ended up being really good? I don't know if I'd say there's anyone I thought would be a superstar. You know what it's I mean, though? Like somebody who yeah. really high. Some on of these it. drafts, some of these drafts were weak enough that I had like Poka, I think I had Pokashevsky at like three in that draft, uh-huh. but that was more again, and I thought he was going to be good. That was more kind of the thing I'm talking about, though, where, like, my FOMO for that guy, because I've never seen anything like him, was so high that I had to have him there. But I, and, like, Jarrett Culver is probably the guy I was most confident would be, like, really good. It just wasn't. And it's it's a strength issue. It's a, it's a getting through his own shot. Like, that's really what I learned from that is the guy couldn't, couldn't get to his own shot. And then I'd say, see, I don't know if there's a guy that's, like, a star that I thought would be bad. You weren't like, a huge I, I Tatum think, guy, right? No, but I wasn't really doing draft stuff. Like that's why I started doing it more because I, I think I watched like ten total college basketball games that year, and I thought he sucked. And then he was like good, and I was like, oh, I must have missed something. I'm gonna pay more attention now. So I don't really think Tatum. I don't know if he counts for that because I really didn't. I, I was it was like normal fan levels of NBA of, of like college basketball interest at that point. I wasn't watching everything, not even close. Um. I guess if you think, see, I don't know though, because I don't think I don't think Colin Sexton's like a star, and I don't think he. I thought he would be like bad. 
he's kind of what I thought he'd be, which is okay. He's all right. I think maybe the guy, this is going to be not a guy who's a star. I didn't think quickly was good. Emmanuel quickly was good at all. And like, he is, he's pretty good. Like he's a solid player. Cause I think I had him in like the sixties in that draft. I just didn't, I, I do have a weakness with if a guy is like a big recruit has a bad freshman year. It takes me a while to get back on Quentin Grimes, another guy who was horrible as freshman year. And then I, it took me a while to like really buy him as a real prospect again. But I can, uh, you know what? Really quick, I can look that up. Where are you? I can, I can go to my, I can go to my Google Drive and look this stuff up. I have all of them except for 2018, which got deleted on an accident, which I'm sad about. I can't prove that I like Shea. There's nothing else <laughs> I've ever said that says I like Shea. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I, I, I can vouch for this. You were on Shea pretty early, at least. In, in my circle, probably in the scouting community and people you talk to, you you weren't the only one that was on it, but you were oh, the Killian first. Hayes. Killian, I was big on Killian Hayes. Yeah. But in that same draft, I was big on Tyrese Maxey, so I feel like they're kind of evens out. I had him fourth. Okay. I mean, I was big on Halliburton, but I don't feel like I get credit for that. Like, I think it was just obvious he was a star. Yeah, there's nobody really in that draft that I'm, like, feeling really guilty about. Let me look here. Even Patrick Williams. I had Wiseman 17. I feel good about that. Can Scoot and Dane play together? I think so. You do? Yeah. Tell me why. I I think so because I think Scoot, they're just too good. It, it's weird, though. It is. The, I can see why the Blazers would be, Blazers fans would be nervous about to having two 6'2 guys. Well, 6'2 yeah. guys uh, uh, in the backcourt. Scoot's just so much more, like, you can say you can vouch for this. I could vouch for this in 2021 when I went to summer league, and Chet Holmgren walked past me on one side of the up, up in up in the near the media. Stadium. I was there when this happened. I saw this. <laughs> yeah, and Scoot walked past me on the other side, and I was and my PD web was like, "That's Scoot." And I was like, "That's Scoot." I don't think he was that big. He is gigantic. Yeah, like, I just saw him up close the other arms. day. Yeah, he's. I, I'm like two. I'm, I'm not lost a lot of weight. I'm like two hundred five, two ten now. I'm like six one and a half, six two. He is twice as wide as. Like he is huge, and I, I really think he he'll be fine guarding like if you if say you're playing the Kings and he has to guard like Malik Monk he'll be fine. He's not get he's not getting cooked. The, the issue is like taller players like I don't know if he can guard like Devin Booker but it's Devin Booker. I, I really don't think I, I I think and the other thing is too let's be honest how many seasons would they play together? Five, uh, yeah, four, five. At most. I mean, if Dame's got four years left on his deal, if he doesn't ask out, which I don't think is going to happen despite, you know, the latest, yeah. you know, push to make it happen, I don't think it's You can figure happen. it out. And worst case, if Scoot does look like the guy he really could look like, which is Ja, Darren Fox, Derrick Rose, Baron Davis, even got a little bit of Russ, like, I think he's that level. Like, he could be like a top five point guard in the league. Then you could trade him if you really want to. Right. You would get, you would get a King's Ransom. The Nets would not be asking for a first-round picks. They would be giving you first-round picks. And, and Mikhail. If he, if he looks like... If he becomes, like, even De'Aaron. Like, this version of De'Aaron. Which is the guy I think he plays most like, despite the frame difference. Because I was watching th- that Kings-Warriors series. The, one of the biggest reasons that was as close as it was is that the Warriors would make a bucket and they'd give, they inbound the ball to De'Aaron. He'd be down the floor in, like, two seconds setting up. And you just couldn't... He, wouldn't, he would not stop pushing the ball. And that's really where I think Rose stuff comes from and the Aaron stuff comes from. And, like, uh, Baron Davis is more framed. Baron Davis wasn't that fast. But, like, even Russ, when he was at his peak, you just, like, or, like, a guy, like even a guy like Darren Collison, it'd just be, like, he just 
doesn't get tired. He's really fast. He's really powerful. And you just you have to guard him 94 feet. Because if he if he breaks contain and gets in the middle of the court, either he's getting a dunk or someone's got someone else, if, if anyone's running with him, they're getting a dunk. And if you're a team like the Blazers, who's now you have Shaden, you have a guy, let's say you draft like Andre Jackson, let's say you draft, I don't know, Omax Prosper. Those guys are running. Like they're you're you're going in transition. Like that's just three points. Let's say they trade Nurkic and uh, Jeremy's on the team. Jeremy runs. Let's yeah. say they trade Nurkic and get a, a PJ Washington type. He's running. Like you're you're moving. And I know transition offense is not a pillar of the NBA, but it's free points. It's good. We'll get them. And then his craft is like a guy who can go around screens and actually attack the rim and like pick and choose where he where he shoots and scores from. It's really just great. It's really it's really much improved. The only real question I have is not so much the shot because again I think he can shoot spot ups just fine. It's he did have enough. I think some he had some injury problems, but I, I don't know the exact number. But last year, his first year with the G League, when he was playing behind, like with like uh, uh Jaden Hardy and Michael Foster, and it wasn't a very good G League guy team, but it, he was like a bench guy. Uh, he started some. He shot somewhere around forty nine percent on like pull up twos, which is like Chris Paul numbers. Like that's monster numbers. His volume went way up this year, and he was injured. I think he was, like, low 40s, which is still okay. But I think that's going to be his offense for a while because teams are going to pack the paint if, they, if he doesn't, if he's not surrounded by shooters, which would be the one concern for the Blazers fit with him, I think. But he just he's going to get to, like, 16 feet. He can get to it at will. You can't single cover him unless you're putting, I mean, the elite, elite guard defenders on him, which... I still don't think elite guard defenders matter that much. Like Patrick Beverly can spl- slap the floor as much as he wants. He's still going to get scored on. It's different. It's just a difference. He might be the kind of guy that you need to slide over like your actual all-star defenders on it. And he just creates it. The best way to describe him is he is a paint touch generator. If you want the ball to get into the paint, Scoot will get it into the paint. He may not score, but he he's smart enough to find the pass. And he just... He just looks – everything about him just looks like a guy who's going to be a starting point guard for 13, 14 years in the NBA. Possibly a Hall of Famer if things bounce right. I mean, that's the thing. If you're drafting, like, that's the thing I would say about the top three guys. Like, there's usually a Hall of Famer in most drafts, I would say. It, it's not uncommon. Right. And, like, maybe not the last year. Like, I don't know. Maybe Paolo. And we'll see. But – I don't know. That, that's the guy to me. Scoot is, Scoot is the number one guy. He'd be number one in a lot of drafts. A man would have been number one last year, so Scoot would have been number one last year for me. A couple more things on Scoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, how ready is he to contribute to a team trying to make the playoffs in year one? Because most that, rookies yeah. are not. Yeah, I think that depends on, on where his... Dif- like, like, let's say it, like, let's say it's Dame, Jeremy, Shaden, and then like they trade Simons for somebody else it's like a quality starter yeah it depends on how he and dame can figure things out defensively i think that's the real only real issue because scoot has big i mean he's big and strong enough that i think he'd have to try to be bad defensively but also he's a guard like a full-time guard and they don't matter that much defensively and like I, i the the question is does i guess i guess what i'm saying is do you Maybe you try and put Dame on the Malik Monk types or maybe put him on, like, I don't know, 
who's like a two guard, like maybe not Beal, but like a guy who's like a secondary scorer who plays the two, like another team's Simons. Maybe you put him on there and you let Scoot handle the actual like point and attack stuff. I don't know if that works. That's the question. Okay, but and so what? One other thing on Scoot. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, you, you, you alluded to him, you know, being injured for some of this year and some of the players you compared him to were, you know, Derek Rose, yeah. you know, Russell. like how much of a, like, what is physically like, is there, is there anything that's like a long-term red flag? Is it all like incidental stuff or is there any, is there not anything to be worried about? Not that, that I've heard of. Okay. And he doesn't have like the Rose thing where it's like super violent cuts. He's a pretty, like his, his center of gravity when he, when he runs is pretty normal. Uh-huh. He runs kind of like a running back more, more than he, well, Rose kind of did that too, but Rose ran like a running back who didn't make it to 30. <laughs> Scoot runs like a, like a Frank Gore where he's just going to, but I, I have I don't know of any, I think he just got bumped. And honestly, as much as the Ignite and to their credit, they tried to play like a real D league team and like compete. It's, it's a, it's an NBA prep. Like they're prepping for the NBA. So he, he banged his hip and he, he sat out like four weeks. He had a mild concussion. He sat out like three weeks. So it was a lot of minor injuries that I don't think, if like an NBA playoff setting, he'd probably try to play through. But you don't – we know more and more, like, one of the big things with, with long-term injuries is just guys banging their – getting a bruise on their knee and just playing, like, the next day. And you you got to sit. you got to sit for a couple days. Like, you can't let that stuff – because that just does damage to your musculature and your ligaments. Because bones heal. Bones heal fine. Muscles take a little longer. Tendons and ligaments, they're kind of cartilage, all that stuff. It's you get kind of one pass at it, and yeah. it's not it's not a it's it's a little of a misnomer to have guy like one guy is injury prone and one guy is not. It's like I don't know. Draymond is as, as tough as anybody in the NBA. And Draymond's knees are bags of gravel at this point. Like it's gonna happen to everybody. I but I don't think I don't know of anything that I've heard that Scoot has like any particularly. It doesn't look like it. I mean he's built. <laughs> he looks like a guy who takes care of himself. I don't have any long-term concerns, but he's going to, he's, he's a six, two guard. He's going to get banged up. You know, he's going to have his job moments where he goes up and gets leveled and, you know, doesn't get up immediately and has he'll miss a few games here and there, but unless something else happens right now, I don't know of any significant injury concerns. Okay. Well, that's, no, that's good. That's, this is all good to know. This has been very enlightening to me as much as, and I, I hope it is to people listening, Brian, uh, tell everybody where they can get, your stuff and your and your draft coverage. Well, I had to remember what my, my Patreon's called. It's Brian J NBA. We got it below. I that's, see Nick put it. Yeah, Nick put it below. That's my that's my Twitter also. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna have. I mean, I don't I don't want to cost myself money here, but I will. I do a capsule big board every year, and I'm not sure if it's gonna be next week or the week out. Might probably next week. I'm just gonna make it free. It's almost done. I, I want to add a few more things to it. Right now, you can get it. Uh, I have a, a two Patreon levels. You can get it at five five dollars, and it's pretty much done. But I'm gonna maybe move a few more guys around. There's a couple. There's a, like guys in the two way undrafted guys that I'm still watching a little bit of. I want to get a little better better feel for, uh, so I can go to summer league and know who they are. <laughs> right. Like the Demoy Hodges and the you know uh, uh, Omari Moore. All these guys that I didn't watch a whole lot during the season because I'm not watching. I mean, I guess I watch Missouri, but I'm not watching like. UC Santa Barbara games that often. Not as much as I did. I, I did that a couple years ago. I watched, I would watch 15, 20 games a week and I got burned out. Like, at a certain point, I have to accept that there's just guys I'm not going to know. Like, the, like the, a lot of the overseas guys, aside from like Jurisic, 
who could be a guy they take at 23, by the way. I don't know. That's a little early for him. But he's like 6'8 and can shoot. Like, he, he's just kind of flat-footed, but he can really shoot. Um, or like the maybe a little James Najee, but like the second round on drafted guys, I'm just not. I haven't watched. I've watched almost none of those guys this year. I'm, I don't have the time anymore. I would highly I suggest. Have, I don't have the bandwidth anymore, honestly. I got yeah. I would highly suggest subscribing to Brian's Patreon. I'm a subscriber. I get a lot out of it. As somebody who's not that deep into the mm. draft stuff, it's one of the things I look at this time of year to know who I'm. You know, sort of know what I'm talking about. That's why I wanted to bring mm. you on. So. Brian, thanks a lot for doing this. Yeah, no problem.